This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Welcome to Backstage at Tillis Center. I'm Sherry Linker, Director of Communications here. And today joining us is my partner in crime, Vanessa Kellogg, Assistant Marketing Director at Tillis Center. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you very much, Sherry. I'm so happy you joined us. And I've only been here about a year and a half. And one of the things that really was a pleasant surprise is meeting you and learning about your background and just everything you've you've done here at Tillis Center. You've been here about 20 years now? Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> so I imagine you've seen quite a bit. Yes. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about your perspective on how things have evolved over the decades. And I guess what I should ask you first is, how do you think it's changed and what's the biggest surprise about the performing arts industry since you've been here? Uh, Yeah, so um, when I first started here 20 years ago, um, I would say that the biggest biggest genres of that we would sell would be uh, classical and dance and opera and jazz. Those would be our big, like top top sellers. And over the years, that uh, people's uh, you know tastes have changed, and uh, the audience demographics have changed. So the audiences that were going to those those kinds of genres of shows have has declined, and um, a new um, generation of theater goers has been coming to. Uh, Tilla Center and shows and um, uh, and now the big genres would be more Broadway pop oriented rather than the old school classical opera um, jazz a little less stuffy I guess um, I would say which still the classical and jazz still has a huge following it does. But you're right it, it seems at least even in the year and a half I've been here okay. has been a little bit of a shift yes absolutely and would you say that's more in the last five years or even the, even shorter than that? I would say five to ten years we I've seen that uh, evolution um, and I definitely think it has to do with the the audiences aging out and the people who are, are um, you know the rock music is basically the classical music of that generation now so that's a good point um, and then um, in terms of the, the surprising thing I mean one thing is you know an artist could be a sellout artist one year and then the next year you bring them back and they don't sell so I, I, it's like an ever evolving cha- um, change in tastes of you know the audience um, and you know another surprising thing that in the past two decades I've been here is just the amount of venues that we have around all, across Long Island um, years ago our, our main com- competitor um, would be the um, um, Westbury Music Fair, which is now NYCB Theater in Westbury, and uh, now it's just there seems to be um, a venue on every in every town. So um, that's definitely been something I've noticed. And what's interesting, and one of the reasons I love working with you is you and your husband are very active in going to many of the venues yes. because you just you love live music yes. regardless of the genre. Right. And so how how does that I mean what I like is you'll go out and you'll come back with ideas but does that how does that impact your 
enjoyment when you're going out to all the um, concerts and things that you and your husband enjoy? You definitely notice things that you wouldn't normally notice, um, you know, working at a theater. Um, it's even hard to be in our own theater and watching a show because I'm constantly looking to see what the audience's reactions are. And and um, so it can be distracting, but it's also, um, it's nice to, it is important to see what other venues are doing because then it does, you know, give you good ideas and um, you can't just stay doing the same thing all the time. So um, it's definitely, uh, I enjoy going to concerts and, and shows and stuff, but it's also, it is, you know, is helpful in my work everyday work day. Too. Yeah, I think our, our big joke is uh, you, you go two, two or three times a week yeah. and saying, of course you're going to a concert. <laughs> so shifting gears, you grew up in a home where performing arts was front and center. Yes. And it's a fascinating background and I, I hope you can share a little bit about it okay. and almost kind of talk about how maybe that was why you've moved into this industry. Sure. Um, I have some history on both sides of the family. Uh, my my paternal grandfather, Earl, was a um, professional singer, and he actually uh, sang the Lava Soap commercial for, the, for radio way back when. And he also was in the original cast of uh, the Broadway production of Guys and Dolls. And after he was done on Broadway, they moved the production to Las Vegas where he... Um, was in it for five years there, and my grand, my paternal grandmother, uh, she was a um, she gave voice lessons in Manhattan, and uh, that's where they lived, and uh, that's actually how my parents met through because my mom was taking voice lessons through her, and then met my dad. So um, he was in the wings watching. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my father was a um, he was a child model and um, professional boy soprano when he was little uh, younger, and then and as an adult. What does that mean? Um, well, he a child model. He uh, oh, well, he um, he was on book covers. Um, really? Yes, I actually have a book of his. It's an illustrated book cover called Studs Lonigan, and there's my dad. You know, he's a bunch of it was a bunch of teenagers on it, and um, so I have it at home. Um, my mom got us some copies of it, and um, he just did a, a professional um, singing as a as a child too, and then as an adult he. Uh, his voice progressed to a very beautiful, rich, deep bass baritone, and he uh, was a soloist with the New York Philharmonic four times um, at Lincoln Center. He wow. performed at Carnegie Hall, um, and um, and that was his job. Yes, um, okay. he also was a great painter. Um, and while my my mom is also uh, a professional singer, has a beautiful soprano voice. Uh, they toured together um, with a little orchestra society. And they performed concerts together. My mom continued to perform in recital um, after that. And um, they actually, uh, while they were doing their singing jobs, um, opened, bought a dry cleaning store on East 28th Street called Mayflower Dry Cleaners and um, uh, used that to support you know their art and um it's actually still there the the dry cleats still call mayflower still there um wow that's yeah. fascinating <laughs> and then my and um, of course you went into the family business yes um <laughs> i uh not the dry cleaning. right right <laughs> nope not the dry cleaning um another fun note on my mom's side my my great uncle uh was part of a uh ballroom dancing team called Tony and Lucille 
that they were on the Ed Sullivan Show, and um, they played, they performed and, and taught upstate in the Catskills and also at Fountain Blue in Miami. So, wow. um, you know, this all trickled down, all this talent trickled down to me. Um, I played flute growing up, and then uh, later on, my an old boyfriend went to start a band with with my now current brother-in-law. And uh, so they were like, we need a bass player. So um, I learned electric bass and played with them. We were called Toast, very original. And what was the genre? It was, we did, we did um, rock, and then we covered some like Duran Duran and um, Men at Work, uh, Violent Femmes. I got to sing a Violent Femmes song. And uh, after that, um, I met up with a coworker from Tilla Center, Tara, and uh, we, she asked if I wanted to join in on her band called, and we, we they were called the, the Stuffettes. They were already um, doing uh, writing music, and so I, I went in with her, and then the band sort of like um, changed configurations a bunch of times, and at the end it was just the two of us, and we played places like Arlene's Grocery and East Village and um, uh, CB's uh, Lounge before they closed, and uh, you know some places around the island, and uh, so we had a really nice time. We played our own music and uh, wrote our own songs, and I played bass, she played guitar, and we just had a really good time, so it was a lot of fun. So do you think that's one of the advantages in working in the Performing <laughs> Arts Center that a lot of the people are either have grown up in the industry or have that talent? I think it's really helpful. Uh, I know in growing up in my household, uh, my parents listened to solely classical operatic music. So it did help, especially when we were so classical heavy when I first started working here, that I had I had some background and knowledge of that the music. So... Um, uh, but I think it, I mean, it, it really, growing up in that way, you know, really gave me a passion for the performing arts. And I mean, it's just in my heart. So uh, it's something that's very important to me. Um, and definitely my background helped with that. And how did you even come here? Well, I was a student here at LA Post and um, I had graduated and I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I had a studio art um uh, major and I was a German language minor. What do you do with that? I don't know. So uh, I applied for a part-time job as a receptionist and um, they did not hire me, but um, they needed someone to work part-time in marketing because the prior person had left, uh, moved out of the area. And um, I started and then I realized how much I loved it. And uh, eventually, not sure, you know, shortly after they, they put, put me on uh, full-time and been a, it's been a whirlwind, and the great thing about the industry is that it changes all the time. So it's not you're not doing the same thing every day, which is would get really boring. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. And and one of the things that I love is when the programming department is evaluating which performers may work better with our audience versus others. Vanessa's always the go-to. Yeah. What do you think, Vanessa? Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of discounts? And would we offer discounts? Right. And and you seem to be a walking encyclopedia about their performance, not just here, but even in the area. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I keep, I really keep up with that stuff just because it's, it's an interest. So right. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So what? You, because over the past twenty years, <laughs> you've probably met many artists and heard many stories. What is the most exciting artist or funniest backstage story that you can share? Um, I, I have met several artists. Um, I don't spend time with them as much as like someone in production would. But um, 
I, I, Billie Jean King was amazing and inspiring. She she talked to the um, after she spoke. She she wanted the the LIU Post women's softball and tennis teams to come backstage, and she spoke with every single one of them at length, and it was really nice. Um, because I'm a singer, meeting Linda Ronstadt was amazing, and she was so nice and so gracious. Um, um, Whoopi Goldberg was just, she's just who she is, and she's so down to earth and, and so nice to talk to. Um, That's always surprising yeah. when you're, you're hoping they're like. Yes, they're and it was completely just like, oh, hi. Oh, you're, are you, are you just like, you're just a cool. You're my buddy. Yeah. We were talking about her dog, and because and, I just saw her, that she had adopted a dog on The View, and she's like, yeah. And so it was really cool. Um, I, I, was a true honor to see Esperanza Spalding tech her um, her show uh, for a week at uh, in Hillwood Re- um, Recital Hall, which is now going to be the Krasnoff Theater. Um, it was uh, for her album Emily Emily's D Plus Revolution, and it was just I, it's still one of my favorite albums. Just getting to see it from I've never seen a tour tech teched out, so it, a rock a rock tour teched out. So it was really neat to see. Um, a funny story. I guess I thought it was funny. I don't know if anyone else did, but um, I was talking to Seth Meyers backstage, the comedian, and uh, he and talk show host, and he um, he was at that point writing for the mockumentary series um, documentary now on IFC, and um, which starred Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, and they particularly. Um, did a, a did a particularly fun episode uh, called the about the Blue Jean Committee, which was a soft a make, made up soft seventies rock band, and I happen to love that genre of music a lot. Um, so I was talking to Seth, and I started singing the song from the from the show from the documentary. Yes, and I'm I'm singing it to him, and I'm going, "Why are you singing to Seth Meyers? Don't do that!" <laughs> <laughs> and it felt very dorky, but he was really gracious and uh, really nice. And um, he said he wished he'd given had a copy of the record to give me that night. So, oh, that's um, too bad uh, you didn't get that on video. Yeah, exactly. It was probably before video. Yeah. Became part of smartphones. Yes. Oh, how so, funny. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you joined us, and I hope when the new season is announced, which is on July 13th, you'll come back. But will you be, um, if you want to just talk a little bit about our summer lineup, I'd love to hear oh, your yeah. perspective. Oh, um, yeah. So uh, July 6th, we have um, Southern Rock Revival with uh, the Charlie Daniels Band, um, Marshall Tucker Band, and the Outlaws. This should be a really fun uh, summer show for yeah, the sure. Tickets are yes, flying. They are, so yeah. you better get yours quickly. And then August fourth, we have another fun show with a with a good lineup um, called Lost Eighties Live, and that is going to have the, a flock of seagulls and um, Wang Chung and Anna Motion, New Shoes, and When in Rome UK. And that is, if you love the eighties, like you're, it's going to be a really fun show. And we're going to have a, um, some for both shows a uh, pre show entertainment in our atrium um, that will go along with the shows, and it'll just enhance your experience. And it's going to be fun two two fun summer shows. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Well, thanks again, Vanessa. I really yes. appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for everyone for listening. You've been listening to Backstage at Tillis Center on the campus of LIU Post in Brookville, Long Island.
Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.